It is wonderful to be here. As usual, though, every time I come here, I think I know what I'm going to say, and then it goes out the window and I furiously scribble notes. I believe it's always because I follow Reed. He always has something interesting to say that completely knocks me out of my orbit and sends me into another one. For those of you that are making good food, make it good. I love that. If you want to bring me food, as long as it's medium to okay, I'll still take it. And I appreciate that. And the talent show, that kind of rocked my world. Because in my mind, I started wondering what it would like to have a talent of humility. <laughs> now, I get that we are to be humble in everything that we're doing, but what would the humility be? You would come up on stage and try not to be seen. And so, so I'm, I'm still, I don't know how to go there. And the wonders of the coffee beans disappearing, I think that enough said there. And I love the fact that there was a call out for people that are fun. For all those that are fun, come, we have an activity for you. If you're not, we'll tell you before you go. And please stay in your rooms. Because <laughs> we, we certainly don't want to ruin the fun for others that are there. So I asked, I asked Danny, I said, what is the theme this year? And he said, it's missions. Because periodically he invites me to share. And as you see, uh, he does it carefully because of things that I just said. But he said the theme is missions. But come anyway. And share. And the fun part, and I think that what people don't realize about missions is everyone signs up to go elsewhere. One after another will say, hey, there's hurting people in the world. Let's leave where we are and go to where they are. And I've been on short-term mission trips, and there are. There's amazing need just about everywhere we go. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a Pastor Miller whose name escapes me right now, but in his book on preaching, he says 50% of anyone showing up on any given Sunday is in need. So I dare say that a few of you may fall into that category, whether there's family struggles financial struggles, concerns of where you're going, whether you're good enough, which whether you're one or two people, whether you're one person when you're at home with the people you grew up with and you're totally different here and how to unite those and to come to terms with that. I would dare say that there's a lot of need right here. And yet, when we think of missions, we want to board a plane. And that's great. But the reality is, you can do missional work right here in your community. Not only that, when you think about it, what is our mission? When we break down the root of the, that word, what is the mission? Again, I would say, to go and make disciples of all nations, to bring the light of Christ wherever you go, to no matter what you do, to have them see that light burning inside of you. No matter what you do, whether it be here, whether it be going to the grocery store, filling your tank of gas or anything. So the mission is much larger than flying somewhere else. But in terms of bringing to light to hurting people, you can do that here as well. You can follow the commandments to love 
our Lord with all our hearts, soul, strength, and mind, and love our neighbors as ourselves right here too. And that's part of the realm that Gallatin County, love in the name of Christ, falls into. Now, Love in the Name of Christ is a national organization. It's 137 affiliates in 29 states, and it's also five affiliates in Kenya. In Kenya, perhaps the most dramatic change had, could be seen, because interestingly enough, before Love in the Name of Christ brought all the churches together, and I guess I still have to say what it is, and I'll back up for a moment. Each affiliate is a partnership of churches, Christian churches, that are willing to take the caring ministry of Christ in their neighborhoods, where they are. Gallatin County, love the name of Christ, is 47 churches all through Gallatin County working together to help the neighbors there. Now I'll jump forward and say, I said in Kenya, perhaps there's the most striking difference because in Kenya, Rather than disagreeing on things, the Christian churches actually killed each other. If you were some, from a different church, you would be fair game for slaughter. When Love in the Name of Christ model moved into Kenya and brought the churches together, they saved 10,000 lives in the first year because they stopped killing each other and started working together to better their community. The mission of Love in the Name of Christ is to mobilize churches to transform lives and communities in the name of Christ. And that's a, a pretty big ambition. And the vision is that every Christian would fully live out their faith in everything that they do, but in particularly in loving on each other to helping our neighbors to transform from barely surviving to a state of thriving. And we would like to invite you all into that. It is more than likely if you attend a church around here, it's one of the partner churches. And even if it's not, you're still welcome. The requirements are volunteers that are, you are a Christian and that you're willing to use your gifts and talents, even that really rare one, humility, in order to serve our neighbors. That's pretty much it. You can be anywhere in your, your journey with your relationship with Christ, whether just beginning or teaching a class, as long as you're willing to live out that faith in concrete ways. And now the, the public service announcement, and then I'll get back to the others. We're going to be passing around a clipboard momentarily, and we'd love for you to put your name down if you're interested. We've just stepped up our volunteer uh, recruitment initiatives, and we have two set orientations to let you know all the different ways in which to get involved. One of them happens to be tonight. So if you're free from 6.30 to 8.30 and want to walk across the street to the Love, Inc. building, we would love to talk to you about the many ways that you can serve. It's limited only by your gifts and talents and your willingness to do so. Because no matter what your talent is, amazingly enough, there's people out there that are desperate in need of you.
I used to make a joke about a yodeling. If your talent is yodeling, then perhaps you won't be called as much as other people. And then I went to a national gathering of all the affiliates and one of them had a yodeler that did a fundraiser that earned them tens of thousands of dollars. So if you happen to be a world-renowned yodeler, please sign up twice on those clipboards we'll be standing around, circle your name, and tell us that you will use your humility and yodeling for Christ. I think that'll be my new t-shirt, yodeling for Christ. I might drive people away though, so we'll probably have to stop. But what I wanna do is uh, we're gonna show a video in a moment, and then I will continue to talk about the impact on community and uh, for me, I will actually, and I know that today's uh, vocabulary word is humility, but I will have some humility and I will actually allow you to see me, uh, which I normally don't do. And it's uh, kind of a scary proposition, but I'll be back in a moment. ranging from relational to financial to spiritual to emotional needs. People will come to our church uh, seeking assistance. And we try to see, first of all, it's something that we can help them with immediately, that we have the gifts and skills to take care of. But frequently there are needs that are far beyond our capacity to meet. We need the greater body of Christ or other people with other gifts to help meet those needs. We can help with gas or maybe a room for the night, something like that, but anything more extensive and it's very hard. Do we screen it? How do we screen it? What does help look like? What do you say yes to? What do you say no to? I think all these things are things we pray about, we struggle with, and we're, we're asking God for, for basic wisdom on a daily basis. None of us can help every issue, but we can all help something and we can all direct people to where they can get help if we just know where to go. I'm convicted the church should do more, little churches everywhere, we should do more, but a huge part of how we're able to do more is the fact that we are in partnership with Love, Inc. Now, Love, Inc. has brought together you know, 40 plus churches here and. Gallatin County to serve the needs of our neighbors in a way that had never happened before. It's part of a nationwide movement. It's a go-to place for people in need, for agencies who want to make referrals, and an opportunity for people in the pew to serve. The Clearinghouse is the first point of contact for family in need. So the way that works is someone calls in and they speak with a volunteer like me and we listen to their story. We try to reassure and validate where we can and we really try to offer solutions. 
Oftentimes, those solutions are through the Loving Network, through one of our partner churches or a volunteer from one of our partner churches, or one of our ongoing ministries. Things like the car clinic and the clothes closet. What I appreciate about Love, Inc., they really want to move beyond the, the felt need to the real need underneath that may have created the felt need. My wife took care of all the finances. And when she passed away in November 2008, I, I started dealing with stuff by not dealing with it. Out of sight, out of mind was kind of my philosophy. I didn't have transportation to get a job, to take my mom anywhere. A friend offered to buy a car for me. Uh, I didn't want him to do that. Well, he called Love, Inc. without me knowing. They contacted me and said, we can offer you a car, uh, but you need to take this financial freedom course. And I remember Jerry would sit with me and walk me through it and encourage me and help me. I was going through, I'm gonna cry right now. My life now is so different than what it was before. Loving helped me face these things. They helped me uh, face these fears and, and be courageous on a level that I'd never been before. From the first time I called Loving, my outlook in life has changed drastically. I mean, there is hope. What Loving does is incredible and they just they make you feel good about things one of the clearest ways uh, to preach the gospel is to demonstrate the gospel through acts of love and generosity jesus came not just to save our souls but also to to help us as human beings care and love for one another and that's the whole idea, I believe, behind Love, Inc. Is that, is that God is to be glorified in the expression of our service to those in need. And, and we pray and hope that people come into a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ as well. Pastor Kina said that the, the goal is not to only help the felt need, but to get to the real need. What happens is people show up on church doorsteps almost daily asking for gas cards. It's just something that happens, and there's so much gas being given out across the United States that it's staggering. But what that does is it moves that person down the road, however far they go, but it doesn't change their situation at all. They can drive around the block enough and they've put miles on their car and they've used all the gas that they've just gotten, but they're actually in the same exact state they were in. On Sunday, the, the gentleman that, that ended, who is uh, Jim Kena from eFree, I get to the privilege of replacing him at the pulpit this Sunday, and I'll be preaching on the Good Samaritan. 
through the eyes of the beaten man. And what happens, I won't give it to you here, but if you want to come visit me, I'd love to see you on Sunday. But for the person beaten on the side of the road, when they say, I need gas, they're still laying on the side of the road. If someone falls, we can put a blanket on them, and we've done something good because they're warm, particularly in this weather. We can feed them, whether the food's good or not, and we've done some good because they're now warm and well-fed, at least in quantity. But we haven't changed their circumstance because they're still lying on the ground. What we're called to do is to help them to stand, to change their situation, to then begin to flourish as God has intended for us to do. We want to give a hand up and not a handout that enables them to stay where they are. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you have to lay there for a while, whether you have lost loved one, uh, disastrous circumstances, a, just a, a crisis is going on, and you have to gather yourself to be able to stand. But our goal is to say, you, need, you say you need gas money. Let's talk about you. How are you? What brought you to where you are now? What are you trying to do to change where you are? What are you currently doing? What have you done? What direction are you moving in? What's holding you back? I affectionately call that the ball of yuck. There's this ball of yuck that's in the way of them thriving. And what we do is we figure out through conversation and validation we inform them that they're worthy of all the help we can give them, and they are image bearers of God, and, and we're there with them, and you are loved. And then we pull apart that ball of yuck into manageable chunks, as it were, and we go about helping them to resolve them and to remove that impediment from them thriving. And it may take some length of time. It's not a one-stop deal normally. They don't pull up to the window and say, hey, I want a bunch of help. Just pour it into my cup. Okay, I'm out of here. But it's actually going into their lives. And that's where you come in. Your willingness to bring the light, the hope, the love that is Christ into their lives. In a way that they see it. Now, you don't pull up and go, yeah, I have some gas card for you. But first, let's go to John. Because normally that will drive them, you know, they say, I'm in crisis here. And you say, yes. So what we do is we settle down the crisis, and then we share. And we try to help them resolve it. And we help them to move along. The way that it works, and they, they showed you briefly, is we have a call center. We're a single point of contact for the 47 churches, but also through the many organizations uh, throughout the community. We continuously do resource check, basically. We're finding out what resources are available. Like right now, uh, one of the agencies has a, a fix-it program that people are signing up for. Another one uh, has a, um, for energy, you can apply for energy assistance. There's two of the thousands of bits of resources that are available. And then we, through you, have a tremendous resource to help them change. 
And so once we figure out all those little pieces, we start calling in the people that have the gifts and talents. And some of them may sound like, it's not a big deal. We need you to bring this bed to a single mom and her children that are literally living in the middle of the floor in a bare apartment because they're running from a horrible situation and they have nothing. So they called and they were delivered beds for all of them and dressers and much more than they asked for. And as each piece was delivered into their apartment, the people that brought it loved on them through actions, through words, and, and showed them the light of Christ. And it just deeply affected them in an incredibly positive way. And that happens so many times, just even carrying a lamp into someone's house. Earlier I mentioned our mission. And to not be too busy to engage but in shining the light. And when I say that is you're running to the store for milk. How many people beaten on the side of the road do you pass by to get to the milk? Probably don't know. But once you start to become aware of the chaos around you, it's amazing how many it turns out to be. You might be able to stop and help uh, someone who can't reach the shelf get something for them and smile and lovingly help them. You might see a lady who's having difficulties juggling with her kids and all the bags and the cart and the ice trying to get in the house and you could spend a few moments helping them to unpack, asking nothing in return other than for the opportunity to do it. There's so many on a given day that if you just slow down for a moment, and I get it, students, lots of stuff on your schedule. I get that. But when you go back to the Good Samaritan again, the Samaritan was on a journey and embraced inconvenience to slow down and care for someone on the side of the road. And I am suggesting that we all think about doing the same. One way that you can do it, and at this point, I would think that clipboards we should send, and we have a, a little pamphlet for you to read as well. But one way that you could do that here in your neighborhood is to at least find out the opportunities that are available through your loving ministry. Our neighborhood is all of Gallatin County. We have churches from Big Sky to West Yellowstone uh, Belgrade, Bozeman, Churchill, Manhattan, Three Forks, all the way across. They're scattered across. And the goal is to have people loved on where they live and to be helped to thrive. Now, earlier I said that I was going to show humility and allow you to see me. And this is where it gets scary for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Some of you may have seen me. I was on the front cover of Bozeman Daily Chronicle for Christmas Day edition. I have a face for radio. It was a frightening picture. <laughs> and yet they decided to tell my story so you could see the reality of what can happen. And I'll try to do it in a way that you can see it too. I was a client of Love Inc. 10 years ago. I was on the side of the road. Let's see probably two blocks up, and I was in my car, I had two little girls in the back seat, and I had run out of gas, I had nowhere to go, I had no money, I had no cell phone, I had nothing. 
and I had two little girls in the back seat. So I had to fight. I couldn't lay on the side of the road and wait for someone to help me, but I had to go out and try to find it. I was lucky enough to crawl into a church that is very close to here as well and ask for help. I didn't know that they were a loving church, that they were a partner of many. But they found out my story. They looked me in the face and said, what's going on? They realized it was real and they went about helping me. I went and petitioned the landlord and said, I do not have a dime to my name, but I want a place to live. That does not always work. I happened to be employed and had a, a career already. What had happened was through choices of my own and also through circumstances that I was not able to control, I had lost everything and was on the side of the road with two children that I was responsible for. I got a place to live and the partner churches sent in Christian after Christian to deliver things to me. Slowly but surely they filled the house with furniture. They gave beds for my daughters to sleep on. I was sleeping in the middle of the living room by myself, just on the floor. Then they delivered a bed for me. Then utensils to cook. They gave us uh, cards to get some food. They invited us to church. They surrounded us as a family. Church after church, Christian after Christian, disciple after disciple entered into my life and showed me what it could be that even though you're going through all of this, you're worthy of all the help they can give you. Two weeks after they had begun, and I thought the dust had settled, and now they forgot about me, a truck pulled up, and another volunteer unloaded two bicycles for my daughters. And my daughter, who was the youngest at the time, learned to ride a bike on a loving partner church donated bicycle. I continued to evolve, I kind of teased my pastor. He did a bait and switch with me. When I got to a point, he said, I want you to lead men's ministry. And I said, oh, not I. I can't do that. I'm that guy on the side of the road. He said, do me a favor. Just do it for a day. I spent five years leading men's ministry. <laughs> and now, 10 years later, I was asked to be the director of the, the very partnership of churches that entered in my life and changed everything in my life. Much like the Good Samaritan when he got off of the donkey, each act was a separate ministry, whether it be the, the wound care, the provision of uh, sustenance and a place to live, whether it be the transportation from on the donkey to where they needed to go, each one was a separate ministry. And we're offering the opportunity for you to be a part of someone's transformation, to shine that light of Christ, to take that opportunity to be a part of one of those ministries. Now we have a vast array of ministries to choose from. You'll see them more in your pamphlet. I didn't use the time today to line them out because one, you can see them in the pamphlet, and two, if you're willing, tonight is the first of the orientations. Well, first from here on out, I mean. And we invite you to be a part of that. It is amazing when Christians live out their faith and 
tangible ways in everything they do, the ripples that come off of that. The person who has helped load their stuff into from the grocery store into their truck couldn't help but want to express that love to her husband when she got home and wanted to tell him all about the help that she had received. And yes, there was faith shared before the truck drove away. You allow for that opportunity and step into it and be willing to be used. And so I ask you to consider, in addition to going on the many mission trips to far parts to enter into people's lives, that you consider doing some of that here, now. You don't have to wait for a trip. Every congregation that you look at, think 50% are in need of something. Might just be your smile and come alongside of them. I know that certainly was me. And I thank you for your time today. I was, plan- I was hoping so. <sighs> Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for all of the love that you pour on us. And we know that love shared is not love diminished like a, a finite resource, but love shared is multiplied. There's more and more love. When we share your love, it just changes all of us. It changes those that reach out to provide help, and it changes those that receive it. We thank you for the opportunity to come together and learn more and to rejoice and to be used by you for your glory. We humbly ask that we continue to be used for your glory. And I ask today that those that feel called to missions do them both near and afar, bringing your love, your light, the hope that is you to the ends of the earth and back to all nations. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.